exactly Christmas, is it? Hello. Welcome. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Hanukkah. Yes. Whatever Festivus. denomination yes. you are. Whatever you whatever you want to celebrate. If you don't celebrate anything at all, that's a celebration in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, this is a special... Wait, is it? If you're not celebrating, yeah, but are you celebrating? You're kind of celebrating yourself. Yeah. Just taking some me time. Yeah. Definitely. During yeah. the during this uh, time of the holidays. you know, End of the year, it's, New it's, Year's. It's a period... You know, I think there's no better time to take you time than during the end of the year, during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Whether it be with family or through yourself, I think that everybody has earned it. Unless, like, you're... A serial killer Indeed. or something. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure if you're a good serial killer, you put in your work. If you're the Robin Hood of serial killers? Yeah. <laughs> um, Isn't that less like, like what is an a, anti-hero? No, a Robin Hood of serial killers would be somebody who only kills rich people, right? To and, give to the poor. Right. Well, well I, was, I think that some would uh, would argue that that would be benefiting the poor is yeah. that, that they that, that that sounds like a that sounds like somebody's idea for like a how they would reboot like robin hood <laughs> no I, I mean like it could be done now but it also seems like one of those very the weird robin like hood killer like those 80s like dark but not too dark like tv shows mm-hmm. or like like a weird kind of like you know, new world cinema movie mm, mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh yeah, but he's like Robin Hood, but he's a serial killer. Yeah, and it stars like, he, and he wears a hood. That's like his yeah. thing. Like in the in the scenes where they show the killer, he's wearing a hood. And it stars like someone who would go on to be on Lost. It would be like one of those people. It would be like, um, yeah, like um, who would be like a good, like guy, like the guy who plays Locke. Yeah, Terry like Quinn. It, yeah, exactly it, it would be saying. like a Terry O'Quinn, like yeah, back exa- in the day. Exactly, he put, like he has hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he puts like his uh, calling card as like a message with an arrow, mm-hmm. like nailed to the wall or something, and he's the Robin Hood killer. Yeah, and definitely that that that's something I would be interested to see. Can you imagine like James Bond hunting down like a serial killer? <laughs> Would be a little bit different than yeah. his uh, normal routine. It's like Bond goes to on all these missions around the world, but does he know the evils that lie in his own backyard? And what it's just like something that he has to deal with in like his flat somewhere. Because that's right. That's what they live in. They live in flats. Yes. Yeah. Or what if one of the human characters in another Godzilla movie was a serial killer? How could you tie those in together? That's always like the tough thing about like Godzilla movies. Yeah, it's like how do you, how are you going to? I mean, I guess they tied in a thief, yeah, to a Godzilla film before, yeah. but a serial killer. They put him in like a sticky situation. Oh, you know what? A wait, was that a was that a Kumonga joke? No, <laughs> I'm just could kidding. Be. But it could be like they end up on an island with a serial killer, mm-hmm. and they end up on Monster Island with a serial killer. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine like Battle Royale or like one of those like OE or what's that movie that was coming out? The Hunt? Yeah. You know the Hunt where it's like, oh, we like put all of our undesirables in like a hunting yeah. range. Like what if like what essentially what if Monster Island just became like a like a sentence to death? Yeah. It's also the uh the idea behind the What mid, am I mid two thousands? Stone Cold Steve Austin direct-to-video classic, The Condemned. Oh, 
Is that what, like, well, wait, what? Like, they put them on a monster island? No, it's just basically they put a bunch of, like, really bad people on the island. It's basically like a Hunger Games thing. Oh, right, right, right. Well, thing. I'm thinking about that type of yeah. thing. Yeah, and then, But then they're like, I, I'd probably nix the reality show. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Idea of it. And then just be like, oh, they have to deal with monsters. Mm-hmm. So that'd be yeah. awesome. Anyway. And um, then the serial killer is hiding the fact that he's a serial killer. You know? Yeah. Now we just pitched, but that's just Predators. <laughs> That's literally the plot of Predators. <laughs> it's a bunch of like killers. Yeah. And then the twist is that Topher Grace was a serial killer. <laughs> you know that's the twist yeah, of that no, movie, yes, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Topher for Grace. Topher Grace, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a career. You know, he's he's Venom, he was on that seventies show, and then he edits Star Wars movies yeah. for fun. And he was in Interstellar for a hot second. Yeah. For some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, happy holidays, everybody, <laughs> regardless. Um, I thought we take this episode, um, because it's only going to be three episodes this month with the holidays coming up. Um, we just got finished recording uh, a fun episode for Mission Impossible Fallout, mm-hmm. and we will uh, cap out the year with a Godzilla film in Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd take the time to talk about a couple things. Um, we have... Some kind bits of, of news. Yeah, kind of a Christmas time smorgasbord. Yep. And uh, so some bits of news. And then we're going to take a look back on the year um, as it, as it, uh, as we have experienced it through this podcast. And just with Godzilla and James Bond news or stuff, whatever we want to talk about. And then we are going to end the episode with uh, a, little, a little Christmas list. Uh, it's the holiday season, and uh, you know maybe for all of our fans, all of our listeners out there, or you know anybody who may catch this, uh, if you have been enjoying uh, us talking about Godzilla mm-hmm. and James Bond, and maybe you want to spread some of that uh, Bondzilla love, um, we decided to come up with a give some suggestions on what would be some of the best things you could give this holiday season as a gift. Uh, from you know the James Bond and Godzilla corners of uh, fandom, and just some things uh, that may be fun that you could spread the the Bondzilla wealth. Oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> oh, I thought we were giving gifts to Bond and Godzilla characters. That's what I had planned. <laughs> That's what I no! like. That's what I had written down. That's notes. way more elaborate and weird. Why on earth would I have said that? Well, that's what my pitch was. What? I came up with a bunch of funny ideas. <laughs> well, we have to do that now. Yeah, we have to do that now. I was just suggesting Bond gifts. Well, we can still that do that too. That's so funny that that's what you thought. That's what I had said to you, and you're like, "That's fine." And now I have to come up with things up on the fly. Yeah, this should be fun. Okay. okay. So anyway, we'll get to we'll get to that. That's hilarious. I love it. I love it. I love it. this is this is what this is this is what happens sometimes on the on the podcast. You get a little bit of improv. You you, you work. You get work live on the mic. Yeah, this is what the people want, Nick. They want last minute confusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So one of the things we just kind of wanted to get out of the way, uh, real quick. Um. If 
you, if all of you recall, within the the past month, we gave gave some updates news wise on the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong uh, from Legendary, which will be coming out um, in November of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and that had put some uh, doubt on when we would be seeing anything from the film a- at all, and we kind of knew that it was going to be pushed back in general. Um, but we did get a, a snippet. Not even a clip, not even a sneak peek, a snippet mm-hmm. of it at uh, the Brazil uh, Comic Con uh, that happened yeah. uh, as of this recording uh, this past weekend, uh, which kind of became a uh, Comic Con of a lot of news. <laughs> like, yeah, Brazil, Brazil Comic Con has become a bigger thing over the past, especially two years, mm-hmm. that, that, that it's become a big time like thingamabob as i would call it yeah not it's really those things that's not really any announcements made at these types of things but more so just kind of like you know showing some clips or footage more so than anything else i mean mainly we got like mm-hmm. wonder woman and yeah the wonder woman trailer wonder woman and, 1984 yeah um you know and this is like stuff like surrounding like ghostbusters is also there and marvel like showed off some eternals you know just some yeah reg- and the regular stuff and i actually heard um somebody talk about this and it is kind of cool that you know you and i have kind of talked about like what is hall h and you know all the comic-con presentations now versus what it was oh, yeah. you know a couple years ago but it is interesting like from the from its heyday of like right. 2010 to 2013 as opposed to like what it is now there is something cool and beneficial though because since all these movies are so like american hollywood centric that but have such worldwide appeal mm-hmm. that you know a Brazil, like a place like Brazil Comic Con, is like going to be like now a place where they're expanding where they're going to be delivering and dropping news, and not just like it's yeah. just oh, like you know we're just going to get it here because and and it is kind of cool because we're so inundated in all of this movie news, and it's always going to be here, and we're always going to be surrounded by it. So it's just kind of nice that these big announcements can start to yeah. kind of like branch out into and other especially places. Especially because we, we talked, what I kind of talked about a little bit on on the news episode regarding Kong versus uh, Godzilla's delay, uh, or Godzilla versus Kong's delay, um, in that there's a, there's kind of a trend of these studios really keeping things more tight to the chest in terms of like really only showcasing you know, really what's going to be coming out next year as opposed to really laying out these, like, you know, big plans and mm-hmm. stuff like that sometimes. So even with that, you know, where studios drop that information now is even more interesting. And you have to find those spots where it really is like, okay, we're finally ready to showcase Wonder Woman. We're finally ready to showcase, you know, mm-hmm. this or that or the other. So it's just like, you know, it's, it is cool. Uh, but we did get uh, a little bit of a snippet, as yeah. you said. Yeah, of, and uh, uh, one little measly image that we could uh, pull together. Yeah, it, it, and, and it was uh, it, it was a piece of uh, Godzilla versus Kong uh, within what appeared to be a Warner Brothers movie montage like of a sizzle like reel. yeah sizzle reel of like upcoming. upcoming movies and old and like some of like the big hits from the past like year or so. Uh, and uh, one of those snippets was a clip of Kong uh, giving uh, Godzilla the old uppercut, the old punch in the in the, in the jaw, uh, on top of a helicarrier. <laughs> Not a helicarrier. What am I talking about? Like a like what, a battleship. What, yeah. yeah. What, what what's the real what's the real like an aircraft carrier? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got Marvel in the brain. Uh, yeah. No, these they don't actually fly in, in, in real life. Not yet. Um, 
so yeah, um, I had uh, kind of posted it up on the social media. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, you know sharing you know crappy like very low res like recordings like from like an audience. So you know, and, and there it was out there well, plenty because I was like. I had not seen this uh-huh. at all all day. Uh, I was working or whatever it was, and you know, I use Twitter. It's like, and, and a lot of things like because it was such a little small piece. Everybody was talking about all the Marvel stuff and DC, and and you know, trailers coming out Monday and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, we're also in the ramp up to uh, Rise of Skywalker too. So mm-hmm. there's all that stuff in there. So then Will was like, oh, I didn't like. I saw Will's Will put out the tweet about it, where it's like, I don't want to retweet a, like a crappy image, but this was what it was, and it was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I have to find this, and I had to kind of search for it because really, like other, you know, I had to kind of go through a couple of kaiju sites because not really many other people were were discussing right. this. Mm-hmm. And you weren't wrong that the image that we had of it was very, very, very <laughs> low res, but it does. But you can see it. But like, you, what I what I. Even from that little image, it just gives me that hope that this movie is or is going to become what I want it to be, which is that more high-octane kind of heavier action that we saw on the Kong Skull Island side. It mm-hmm. just seemed like kind of ramping up that insanity a little bit to really boost that monster action and to really showcase what Kong versus Godzilla is, right? which is you know really kind of... When you look at that original Kong versus Godzilla film, this was still one of the top ones, I think, that we watched. It's in pure entertainment value. Those fights are very physical and very high octane, especially for that time period mm-hmm. of kaiju filmmaking. So kind of seeing, you know, we got this big action set piece on an aircraft carrier and like Kong's, you know, Kong's, even even though the image is not moving, you can really feel like that's a strong uppercut right. that Kong has. It just gives you that hope that that, that movie is going to have that energy. And I think because that's what that movie needs. Yeah, a, a couple things that were interesting about it. One was that a lot of kaiju, uh, other kaiju uh, accounts have noted that there were many like kind of like leaks and rumors, not full on story, but like little things about the story that may or may not be true. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of them was that a fight takes place on top of a aircraft carrier. And so it, could, it, it yeah. kind of has kind of gotten a, a lot of the kaiju community, uh, their heads, you know, kind of spinning, re- spinning and reeling from like, well, are some of these other rumors, uh, you know, about the movie, you know, true, which it's sometimes funny because like in all of these rumors, like if you really fall down the rabbit hole, there is a kernel of truth to some, and maybe one or two things may be true. Yeah, so rumor, like I'm really always, I'm of the opinion, especially because I'm very heavy in the theme park industry, uh, online presence, which is very rumor heavy. Um, rumors are rumors mm-hmm. until they're confirmed. Like because there are so many things that could have been, maybe they're not. Was was it from a previous script, a previous pitch, a previous idea? Who heard this? Is it down the line somewhere? Does it get caught? Rumors are rumors, but mm-hmm. you know, because it, it also gets my mind spinning of like what the context of it is. Is it going to be like, do we get kind of more of the like OG Kong story where he's taken from Kong Island and maybe he's yes, in the character? That was more where my head went. That's exactly yeah. where I was kind of headed, where it's like that's the kind of maybe the context of why they're on the aircraft carrier in the first place. I got because uh, because it, it's also an element of the original uh kong versus godzilla movie yes yeah and i i that i got vibes of uh godzilla versus mothra the bringing the egg uh uh-huh. across these and then godzilla intercepts it midway through and 
Um, which, to be fair, like that's not a bad guess of what could be going on. No, I mean, it's like I I kind of imagined like there was a version of the movie in my head, like even before when that it would basically be like if Kong Skull Island was kind of more origin story Kong stuff that. This Kong versus Godzilla movie could be like you take a more traditional Kong story mm-hmm. of like they're taking it from the island and then all of a sudden Godzilla shows up. Like, yeah, that would be like an actually an interesting take on kind of how you get because that was always the question is how you get Kong from you know the island mm-hmm. to you know even though like it it is funny because a battle even though I know we've seen a fight on Skull Island. Godzilla fighting on an island like that would have been would be a cool change of pace in, in terms of like you know just not him fighting especially a city if again. like you know kind of the implications from the end of you know and rumors that circulate that cat could be just Monster Island in our right our future yeah canon too and maybe oh, you do get awesome. more cameos from other kaiju. Well, the 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 other big thing about it is uh, Kong's size has mm-hmm. is seemingly. Uh, been confirmed if this is indeed like a, a piece of uh, footage from the film is right. that because uh, that's the see- other thing too is that this could also and they've done this before too in other companies um i know marvel has done it once or twice where this could be from some sort of test footage or mm-hmm. unfinished movie footage that's true yeah that significantly changes within the context of the film itself because mm-hmm. Marvel's definitely done that a couple times they did it with like Guardians of the Galaxy when they showed off that sizzle I reel. mean legendary themselves have done that yeah like, for Godzilla and for other properties for, for Kong itself I remember we were in Hall H when they announced Kong Skull Island and tonally and visually it was a completely different type of type of thing now I don't think it's going to be that radically no, different no I don't but, think it'll be radically different but it's like anything that we show until it's officially official when we yeah. see it like finished product wise can still change but um yeah so kong is uh considerably more sizable and more in the godzilla size of kaiju in in this one so that that's an interesting uh development uh but the last thing i did want to say about it though is the fact that it was very interesting that that this it was part of that sizzle reel Mm -hmm. um did what did that make you think about this just the status of the movie the fact that it was even in there at all because it, people must have known that it was going to be part of that sizzle reel and then the fact that it was was going to get out into the, like the online sphere just that the movie is still something that they're keeping an eye on that it exists right. i mean the thing is is that you it's not as if, you know, the delay is a big thing, but it's not as if the movie is canceled. Right. That the movie's still out there, still something that they want to get excited about. Because, like we've said, like, you know, no person goes out to make a bad movie, and no studio goes to make a movie they're going to lose money on. They still want this movie to be successful, and the delay of that is, you know, just a proof that they want it to be successful, that mm-hmm. they don't feel it's ready to go in some way or another. Whether or not they're in the right on that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see when it comes time and if anything comes out after the movie releases. But uh, I think it's a combination of just the movie's still there and also, I mean, depending on, you know, it's also dependent on when this season real was, was put together and, you know, pacing-wise. And I don't think that just because they delayed the movie that it's still not an up it's still an up and coming release that they want to showcase mm-hmm. it's still something on the slate and it, you know like we also said they put it in the big kind of around thanksgiving november slot that's nothing to slouch at then mm-hmm. if they wanted to bury the movie they would have put it in like late summer like if like that's was the thing 
the fact that they still put it in like a major movie time market where, you know, this year we have Frozen still breaking records and Knives Out doing exceedingly well, exceeding expectations. November is, and, and Thanksgiving area is still a big movie season. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that that Kong and, and Godzilla has moved there, I think still, and the fact that they're still, you know, showcasing it, even if it's a little snippet, just showcases that there's there's still have some faith in the movie. Yeah, I, I think for me... But, I mean, w- it also could literally be that they cut the sizzle reel and then they're like, well, it's we already have the music and the pacing inside, so we don't we can't cut anything out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it could be... I did read it a little bit as, okay, so there is still some momentum into this movie. And, not, and I'm not expecting a trailer anytime soon, but I could see a trailer not being like that far off like sometime in like the next like like maybe like month or two or some something like that or or we could see something from it like i kind of read it being part of that sizzle reel is like all right well they're not being that precious of holding it close they're you're right, right. they're not trying to hide the movie mm-hmm. um so that kind of gave me that or at the same time to be fair, I could just be reading completely into it, and it's just part of the sizzle reel, and it's I mean, probably... Which is like part yeah. of it, most likely, but it's also like, it's not, especially, I mean, yes, it could have been edited, and they can't really cut Because they didn't, the... there was no other information about it. Well, then there yeah. still hasn't been. I yeah. mean, that, that's always been the thing about this movie, is that it's just since, since it's been announced, other than creative stuff, we really haven't had anything, and part of that was because we had a movie before it in King of the Monsters, mm. But even after King of the Monsters, there really hasn't been any update. But yeah. it's just the fact that the movie exists and it will still be coming out and it still has a you know a decent release date, just nine, you know, eight eight, nine months after it was supposed to. So Well, speaking of King of the Monsters, which was a movie that came out, that this, came year. out this year, let's 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 take a brief look on uh, on this on this year. Uh where uh lots of lots of movies uh were discussed lots of news has happened lots of things have come yeah. and gone so just to, just to get a sense of what we've done this year mm-hmm. uh we our first episodes of 2019 were all the way back in february of 2019 uh we took a january break this year um as we do but we we started off the craig era with casino royale and we were finishing up the hasty era with space godzilla so, you know, it was kind of towards the end of that. So mm. we've really gone we've gone through a lot this year. Um so when you're I, really speaking, because yeah. we've we're when when we get to it at the end of this year, by the end of this year, by you know, next week when we put out our Shin Godzilla episode, we will have gone through all the Godzillas uh, in terms of the main canon Toho films mm-hmm. and we will have talked about all the Bond movies. So we basically have like essentially completed the purpose of this podcast in in one way one way or another right no 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 i mean it it is that is an interesting way of of thinking of thinking about it and i think i think one of the biggest things for me personally because i want to start off with the bond thing first Mm -hmm. especially it's very fascinating that we started off with casino royale at the beginning of this year um and it just kind of goes to show like what we gain personally from this podcast. So just from the Bond side of it, if I were to look back on this year, this would be the year that I have probably put my foot down on not loving the Craig Bond movies yeah. all, all that much. Mm-hmm. And then, But then mostly from a point of view of seeing all of these movies, watching the Bond movies in context of the other Bond films, my own 
changing film tastes and film in general as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And all of those factors and then and then analyzing each one, I've gone from, you know, different opinions about some of the Craig films, but definitely having a much different opinion of them overall uh, now than I did at the beginning of the year. Um, so that has been like the really the most interesting thing. And I think it's in it's indicative of this like larger taste that I've been developing yeah. uh, over the course of the podcast. No, I, I would definitely agree. I think that going into the podcast, um, like even back when we first started, it was the two eras that I was most interested to revisit was the Moore era and the Craig era. Mm -hmm. The Moore era, because I had, and it was proven to be true, I had a sneaking suspicion that I would be giving those movies a whole lot more credit than I had previously done as a Bond fan. And because those, I mean, Moore is a fantastic Bond, but that was that was 2018, so we don't have to go too much into that. Um, but the Craig era was very much like, especially because we were going in order, it was going to be at the end. And... What was I gonna feel about the Daniel Craig era? You know, um, because Skyfall was an instrumental part of me reinvigorating my Bond fandom. Mm -hmm. Skyfall again being part of that 50th anniversary and getting the Blu-ray set and really delving deep into these movies that I shared with my dad growing up and and really kind of getting into that part of my my life again. But at the same time. Skyfall and the Craig Arrow is very much part of that gritty reboot part of Hollywood history. Right, right. And I had definitely had mixed feelings about that whole thing, especially as, you know, you know me as a Disney guy and, and as, as the Marvel movies were coming up and being like, well, you didn't need to be dark and serious. You could still have fun with these movies. And other movies, obviously, in Hollywood besides Marvel were doing that. And so when revisiting it, I would just be like, well, having had this Bond knowledge and having done all this research, how would I feel about it? And at the end of the day, I'm very much in that same boat as you, that that the Craig era has definitely become my least favorite era yeah. uh, of, of the Bonds that have had more than one film. But, but and, to, be, to, to be clear, sorry to interrupt, I don't want it to come off as like, well, my biggest takeaway from this year is that I don't like the Craig no. movies anymore. It, it's more so... I should just solidif it. solidifying your taste of Bond. I think that's more what because it is. Because that's what yeah. it is. It's just like when I kind of double down on like Dalton being like my favorite, but I really enjoyed the Dalton movies and then going into the Moors and like that middle Moor trilogy of Spy, Moonraker, and uh, Free Your Eyes Only being like a really great series of films. Mm -hmm. You know, you get into Goldeneye and, and the Brosnan films, which really, especially those first three, I mean, Diamonds is kind of. Uh, not diamonds. Um, uh, uh, Die another day mm -hmm. is kind of more in that so bad it's good realm. But I really found surprising myself that even tomorrow never dies and world is not enough had more to offer than I remembered. Mm -hmm. uh, and also just you know enjoy me enjoying Sean Connery that when you get to you know and Casino is very solid. I, I think Casino is still a very good film and I think Craig's best of you know the ones that we've seen. But then you get into that quantum and Skyfall. We just it didn't didn't hit with us this time, and Spectre kind of being all over the place. And then I just think that you just find that even like for me, like even like more having a lot of some of my least favorite movies, you know, it's still so so much enjoyment. And I think that's what's kind of I figured is hard about those Craig movies is that their drive to be kind of more serious and grounded 
you know, kind of lends to them not even having those ridiculous Mormons that like the more mm-hmm. and Brosnan movies had that you can latch yourself onto. And I feel like when you do have those serious films, it's harder for you to kind of give the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Because even I can give the benefit of the doubt to some of those, you know, some stuff like Live and Let Die, where mm-hmm. I find I find that absurdity of it more entertaining than anything else. I find nothing more, or I found nothing more valuable to me than watching Skyfall again and then having the talk and reaction mm-hmm. that we did after that film. Yeah, because that was a movie that even when I when we started that podcast, I was still in the camp of like, oh, it's Craig's Vast. Oh, and we, we were both like looking forward to it. Yeah, too. and then like I even like that's one of those things where on that episode I say at the beginning it's Craig's Vest, and then as we talk about it, you just kind of realize and yeah. you kind of talk. Talk your feelings out. It was one of those things where I think it's just like you didn't want to admit it almost. At least like I didn't. Right. It was just like this was this movie that's so important to me as a Bond fan. And it's like you don't want to admit that you kind of don't like it. Especially because it is a movie that generally in pop culture. We, we're very much comfortable with having a role of opinions. But it's also one of those things where in the general pop culture, Skyfall is regarded as kind of a mass modern Bond masterpiece. And it's just like talking it through and really kind of digging down on those feelings and really pointing out the flaws. It's just kind of, yeah. I mean, it just kind of really put into perspective kind of where well, my but, thoughts on Craig were. But for me, and I think another important part of this whole journey has been, I think over the course of doing this podcast, like I've definitely, I think we, you like this podcast has kind of caught me during a period of like my film tastes haven't like changed drastically over right. the course of doing this oh, yeah. but they've definitely solidified in some ways and and one of the things for me was like you know to me like it, it takes a lot for me to like truly like like hate a movie yes. you know what i mean i've become and, the same way and 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 there's some movies both in our godzilla and and Bond franchise that you know we've absolutely ridiculed like yeah. there's Godzilla raids again there's Thunderball which like and Thunderball to me still remains like that's a tough watch for me right like I said Thunderball to me is the movie that keeps tricking me to be wanting to rewatch it so, I don't want to rewatch it but so the fact that I watch or that maybe like the Craig movies don't do it for me is not some crushing defeat or it's not no, some bad thing but for me it's like I actually in some, and I know this is going to be weird for some people to hear, but I have enjoyed being able to kind of approach these movies because I do enjoy them on the level of well, it's Bond, and like I do want to like you know watch a Bond movie, but the fact that I don't love them as much, um, I find it just so enjoyable for me, and it has enriched my own uh, view of talking about movies like this by engaging in them and then like dissecting what doesn't work within the context of movies at at large and then also the Bond franchise as a whole. So like the fact that like you know I come out of Skyfall not loving it as much and being able to talk about it. You know, it's really not I don't I don't view it as a bad thing and in retrospect I see it as like a big there's a big net positive for me in the in the in the grand scheme well, of things. And I, I think that like I would there are definitely films on my list that I would consider worse than like the Craig Era movies because yes. I feel like the Craig Era movies even if they're not like wholly, you know, great as or as great as we would wish them to be, they're still, you know, mostly competently made mm-hmm. and still, you know, have structure. Which, you know, and like Thunderball has complete pacing issues. I can't get through. Like to me, like you know, I've talked about Man with Golden Gun being like very tensionless for me, and I don't feel that movie. Octopussy has its own flaws and is of itself. And you know, there are definitely movies that are worse than like you know Skyfall Inspector, but it's just like. 
there's such a distinctive just kind of feeling of just like I think the thing about the Craig movies and it's kind of hard because whenever you're talking about something that you're in the middle of mm. because you don't really know the whole scope and like when Snow Time to Die does come out in April we'll kind of have a more breadth of what that whole franchise was but I think the thing about the Craig movies that I think really is the difference is you can just feel like these movies could be so much more than they are. I think there's an element of like missing that kind of Bond humor and missing sort of different elements of what makes those previously Bonds fun, I think is kind of a part of it for me. Yeah. It's just I kind of imagine like if the Bonds were more so on the tone of like kind of the Mission Possibles or the or the Marvel films, you know, yeah. kind of taking elements from those from those movies and, and kind of really playing with that tone that like we've seen because I think the thing too is like Casino is very good for what it is. It's for the movie that it is as a straight adaptation of the novel, a more grounded reality. It very much works. Again, maybe some quibbles here and there that we may have, but it's generally the most well put together of Craig's movies so far. But when you look at something like Skyfall or like Spectre in comparison to, let's say, like Goldeneye, where like Goldeneye also takes a little bit of a darker edge, but still kind of retains that lightness and that humor. Right, right. And um, I think that it's just kind of, or you know, or even like, you know, I've I've talked about Dawn a lot. But when we look at the Living Daylights, which again we have kind of different opinions on, but still kind of keeps a nice tone to it, where it kind of has kind of the more serious Bond, but still allows Bond to have those ridiculous moments that kind of make the franchise what it is. It just feels like the Craig era could, there's 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 movies could be so much more than they but, are. But you know what? I, I have to be honest. I, I in, in a weird, in a weird morbid way, I kind of like that I don't love them. Like, it, it, like hear no, me I, out. Like, yeah. And I think like this has been kind of my feeling about big franchises that sprawl over like several movies. I love that there are movies of them. Like I love loving a big thing inherent. I I love having varying opinions about a thing that I love. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like because that way it feels big. It feels lasting, and that's part of the reason that that's the whole kind of like reason why doing this show is Mm -hmm. to show that like this was a big lasting thing that I wouldn't trade for anything and I love that here's an era of Bond that doesn't really do it for me and I love getting into that and then like dissecting why because here's the thing to me I think what happens a lot of time in film fandom is that we have this thing because the, the movies aren't connecting with us or we don't like the movies so therefore it like is like it's like a game of Jenga. Like it's somehow like canceling out. Like it, it's like the like a bad Bond movie is like pulling out like like the validity of all the other Bond movies. You know exactly kind of what I'm talking about yeah. with like and any I, franchise. I can, you can, I can it, it's, roll my eyes. It, with it's that. one of the it, it's it's the number one reason why I hate. I, I'm I'm hates a strong word. I'm I really roll my eyes at it and I don't love the whole trend of the sequels that are erasing other sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh and because it, it does nothing but like massage like the movie fans' ego. Like it doesn't really do anything else other than that. And I think that there's a value in being like, all right, well there's this big sprawling thing and there's some of them you like and some of them you don't like. And then you can get in and being like, all right, well this is the reason like why this one doesn't work for me and it props the other things that you like. Because the Craig movies this is what I was going to say. I don't want I don't want to act like the Craig movies don't have any value to them. 
because uh, I think that is something that we can do as film fans a lot. I think that we can look at like the additions that we don't like, and we can equate that to being like, that's when it jumped the shark, or that it's, it's not worthy of the name of the franchise. I think that the Craig movies ultimately are doing their own thing, and the key for me is that it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't work for me, and it doesn't... But at the same time, I think Craig is doing an admirable job at like the type of character that he's the been given to do. Yeah. I think the direction that they go is there's nothing wrong. And I actually think they execute the direction that for in some of the movies, not all the movies, but for the most part, I think they execute a vision of Bond mm-hmm. and what this is what Bond can be. And I love that we can look back on this Craig era, era and like this was the realistic Bond. And I think that's important. Like, you know, these franchises need to to be that oh, way yeah. in order for that to and, happen. And I really think too that doing this type of podcast where we go through all these films of, you know, a franchise is just proven out of itself that one film is not going to really derail anything if you, oh, sure. you know, put yourself up because it's like both Bond and Godzilla, like I said, we've seen worse movies in the Craig eras. But, I mean, but, th- but I mean there would be many who would consider like Casino Royale and this whole Craig era to be the thing that brought back Bond. Right. And I'm not in that camp. No, but it, but it's good it's just, that a lot of other people have that opposite opinion. I yeah, think. no, I think, and I think it's just healthy. Yeah, and I think that's what the film film online fandom listen and like and maybe our general society as a whole like just kind of misses sometimes. It's just sort of like yeah, like yeah, like and in film especially because like yeah, in real life there are, you can have opinions that hurt people and <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. We don't we don't we don't want you to have those opinions, but like film most of the time your opinion is like you like a movie or don't like a movie it's really not going to hurt anybody one way or the other right and it's just like the fact that like there has to be one right answer to what's a good movie yeah people get really uptight when you like movies that they don't like i've learned and they get really uptight oh yeah and it's the opposite way too i mean like if you what how many times have we seen like i didn't like this movie that everybody likes Mm -hmm. you know that was like kind of the thing about that skyfall episode it's almost like kind of like coming out like and saying like yeah, I didn't like this movie as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it can be, in in our modern film verse, it can be a very scary thing to actually have an opinion yeah. on movies. And like, I've I've kind of gotten to the point now where I'm having a hard time hating things mm. in general. Like, I can definitely express my disappointment with things. That's not off the table. But at the very least nowadays, when I see a movie I don't like or a movie that didn't hit with me, the most I can give it is like, okay, like that's that's kind of like what it is, and I think that's kind of how I feel in a way about the Craig era. Like even Spectre, you know, and Quantum, it's like they're not movies that I like actively hate. You know what it is? It's just like okay, that that's what it is. You know what it is? Most things are fine. Yeah, that's what it is. Most things are fine, and people need to. It, they, you know, people need to take extremes. Now that that being said, that doesn't mean you like that is. Because I know mean that you can't hate anything. You can't. Yeah, love anything. I mean, because it, I definitely get the opposite because it does like. It, I don't want to make it seem like you can't have the opinion of like if you if you really dislike something you really dislike something. And honestly like all I'm doing is talking from my point of view of like how I'm viewing these movies. Now, as we said, there are some of these movies in both of these that I will say like definitely don't like that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one was a tough watch. Yeah. <laughs> so they they're definitely not, but I think that the reason the reason we bring this up is because I think in in some ways that has been the the value of the Craig era for mm-hmm. me and, and going back on it. But the other thing about the Bond side of this was that found myself thoroughly enjoying all the 
uh, ancillary films that we've been going through. Well, we, we shouldn't miss as well, by the way. I mean, we've done all the ancillary films, but mm-hmm. we should, we need to talk about the fact that we've also not just done the Craig era, but we completely finished up our Bond eras by looking at the two unofficial oh, non-Eon yeah, yeah, yeah. production, productions. One of which ended up being probably one of my favorite Bond movies of the entire both franchise. Are, I mean, the thing is that both of those are... You could basically say them as both are two of the most interesting watches we've had this year on either side of yes. this podcast because you have one, as you called it, anti-movie. Yes, um, it's an anti-movie. It's, yes. n- it's not a movie. It that <laughs> has a wild production story, uh-huh. one of the wildest of all time. Kind of want to write a movie about it now, actually, um, with kind of a, just a, a movie that's so crazy that it exists, mm-hmm. and that's Casino Royale 1967. Uh, a movie that I'm very proud to own, and uh, a movie that I was very happy to share because I think it's one of those things where, very much a part of being part of these big franchises is the weird stuff. You know, like every franchise, like Star Trek has its weird things, and Star Wars has its weird things. You know, it's the holiday special of you know is, is in that kind of same. Yeah, realm it's of all like, part of it. It's and, all, and, and, it's and what to, makes it fun. And to see that and kind of really dissect it and and kind of place it in the context of what you know about Bond and know about how these movies came to be in mm-hmm. the first place, and that was just an incredible experience. And still, I think one of the top episodes we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I know people who've listened to it that have told me as much have really enjoyed it as well. And on top of that, we got to watch Never Say Never Again, which was surprising in a whole different light in that it's a, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. And I really do think that it, it, if I decided to rank it within my Bond rankings, it would land in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Because de- it's just, and it's, again, it's like kind of a solidifying, like, Connery's great. Connery's great in the Bond role. And... Connery's great at kind of a more funnier movie than than he was really doing at the time that he was doing Bond. And generally speaking, like, again, just a fun, insane little time. And a movie that is quite often overlooked and I think is right for someone to take a nice deep dive into it. Um, oh, I'm I'm a huge advocate for that movie. I, I yeah. straight up think it's like a really good movie. And and I think that, you know, it was really fun because that was like stuff that I, had, you know, neither of those I had really seen before this year. I mean, I watched Casino Rail 67 before we recorded the episode because I, I bought it post-Christmas last year. Decided to just watch it. Never seen ever again. You know, I had to go roundabouts, eBay, Swedish copy of the movie. And... Both of those were very fun to discover, and I think is one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same realm that, like last year in 2018, I very much noted that rediscovering for your eyes only was like a huge like eye opener because that was a movie that like you just never really paid mind to it seen before and really just like okay. And it has put I put in my top I put it in my top five this year, and I think it's the same thing with both of those movies. Is that even with franchise that you think you know? Mm-hmm. And you think you have your opinions on right? There's always something new to discover with them, and and that kind of goes into the ancillary material, um, because Bond obviously we ran out of Bond movies pretty early on, um, much earlier on than the Godzilla films, but we still had a lot of connections to go through and learning about different aspects of well, it the was production. it was definitely the first year where we were able to go through and like look at the actual impacts of mm-hmm. this of this franchise, yeah. Because we kind of looked at, yeah, right, because we were going year by year, and it's important that we did that. It was important that we took a look at everything year by year. Um, 
so that we could really see the evolution of this franchise and how we get to from Moore to Dalton to Bronson to Craig and you know how Connery starts it all. But seeing the ancillary material and kind of seeing you know stuff before Bond, stuff after Bond, uh, you know begins and kind of how it all relates and kind of other spy franchises. Learning about the life of Ian Fleming was pretty much you know another highlight of the year I think at least from the Bond side of things. Um, and we got to watch some very fun movies all around on mm-hmm. that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I got to share my Disney love, which yeah. is uh, something that I've been very much into. And, you know, we've talked about Disney Plus being a thing, and I've watched a lot of nonsense on there. And it was kind of really cool to kind of realize that, hey, if you wanted to watch Darby O'Gill with that episode, you didn't have to buy a, you know a DVD on Amazon. Like, you can find it somewhere. Uh-huh. You, it's like, pop it in, and it's never looked better. Yeah, absolutely. So... And I think so. Yeah, very fruitful year on 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 the bond on the bond side of things, uh, in, in much more deep, valuable ways than I think that I initially anticipated. So, so hopping over to the Godzilla side, um, that is something that you know I think we had a solid year in episodes, but I think we should also point out just in the year, it's the year that uh, I think we can officially say that Godzilla has like blown up in, in, in some terms ways. of yeah, it's definitely like has really stomped its way into the zeitgeist and i think we're like i think within like the past like in like in the past like year or so um but like this was the year i think we i think we're starting to really see like the effects of it we're really starting to see it more enter the nerd sphere more so mm-hmm. than ever just from you know the big things like to- toho coming to comic-con this year was like really huge uh getting a big getting a couple different um releases of uh information and movies uh godzilla king of the monsters came out this year um and then more news about the future of godzilla came out this year just way more momentum yeah, on the franchise Blu-ray release yeah yeah and the criterion release um so it was interesting it, it, it so it's definitely interesting um you know the big the big thing is that we had a, a film release yeah it's the first time that we've ever actually had to have the film release and there was at one point where it was possible we were gonna get both movies released this year uh, obviously, that did not turn out with the Bond side with oh, all yeah, the delays yeah. in 25 because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be uh, originally scheduled for November 2019, so we would have been seeing it this week mm. uh, or, or last week or so. Um, but now it's coming out next year. But we did get the, it was the first time that, and it is the first time really as as a Godzilla fan mm-hmm. that I got to see a movie. So what was that fan. like for you, kind of getting to see a brand new Godzilla movie as a Godzilla? It was pretty fan. crazy because you know you you got to catch things like the oxygen destroyer like reference and really a pre because like otherwise this would have been my introduction to like Mothra and Ghidorah and that's Rodan. true yeah and I and I think the movie does have a great representations of them but I think it's just more enhanced by having that knowledge of the characters mm-hmm. and it really was cool to be anticipating like another new franchise like it's like that you know and I, I also went through this with Star Trek in that you know basically within the past year as well and just kind of discovering something new and then being excited for something or possibility of something. Right. I think is like is a really cool feeling because I do have the context of those characters. I do have the context of what these films have said and what these films mean and to see, you know, a new perspective on it is is great because otherwise, you know, my knowledge would have been like I said the little bits you had shown me but really 2014 and you know, this one. Yeah. And that's like that would be my base knowledge and then, you know, I you know, I, it's just nice to have 
kind of a f- excitement and it, it's a different type of excitement when you know the movie as opposed to when you're kind of just mm-hmm. getting into something yeah I, I think for me what was super interesting kind of looking back on it um was that I, one of the things i was excited for and was potentially disappointed by in the aftermath was that i, I just super stoked for king of the monsters and you know there was that there's always that hope for me like you know i you know i'm going to like it on my own terms and in on its own mm-hmm. merits and whatever but there is a part of me that was like oh man this could really like be like something that really brings like godzilla to like popularity with like you know all like the movie fans and then like you know maybe this is like a big godzilla movie that like you know will bring you know all the all the film all the film goers together and you know we have documented on here and i've said it and I came to bat for that movie several times and i and i still love Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um but you know I can't shy away from the fact that it it did not quite capture the movie landscape uh as, as much as I would have hoped. You, uh you know with uh on you know uh in general mixed reception uh and you know not the greatest of box office uh th- um, which I think at the time was kind of like a little bit surprising. I I, I thought yeah, it may yeah. have done it, a little bit better, but mm-hmm. you know, but it kind of got caught up in kind of the the bubble sometimes. Yeah, like what we were really, because he only had the Comic Con trailer come out, and we all thought that that was gonna like really push the marketing forward with the kind of like the the tone, but. Seemed like we were kind of, you know, we were all a little surprised that it didn't hit as well as we thought it would. So I have to cop up to a, just a minimum amount of disappointment. And really, I mean, you know, the movie is what the movie is, and I love the movie. But, the, you know, there was a little bit of like, oh, man, like, you know, I, I wanted this to be like the one where everybody's like, oh, now they love Godzilla. Now, with that said... The thing that has brought me back on board that has made me nothing but happy is that despite all that, that the Godzilla fandom and the people behind it have not slowed down, it no. seemed like. And it seemed like behind Toho and the fa- like within the nerd sphere, definitely, no matter how you felt about the movie, Godzilla chatter has never been more vibrant than ever, whether it be like through art, uh, you know, um, different types of like, uh, movie releases and uh music releases and apparel and you know merchandise and just fan like you know when we went to comic-con there were so many the fact that people were showing up for like the bear mccreary like you you know panel and um uh there's just a lot of love for like uh for that and the, the the toho booth so there was a lot of pride as a godzilla fan that like and it, and it kind of shows that you know where to kind of put the attention towards because mm-hmm. even though that you know the movie didn't take it by storm that it did give the jolt to the system for the Godzilla fans to come out and frolic and yeah. the, knowing that and then now that there's the momentum kind of uh wiped away any of that minimum disappointment that I, I may do have think had that, I think that the one thing I will take away from the movie too and I, I do have similar feelings on that that you I do think that the movie is a showcase for you know for the really the first time for an American audience are you know kaiju other than godzilla Mm -hmm. and i think that at the very least like you know i think there was despite the movies you know not as well box office hit i do think that there is a level of 
people kind of being into stuff like Ghidorah and Mothra and Rodan and just what's showcased in right. the movie a well, little bit more. Well, there's so much fan art about like Godzilla and Mothra being a couple now, which is like, of which course, is, yeah. which I always say the success of a movie and, always goes on if you come out with a ship. And people liked like <laughs> using the three Ghidorah heads as yes. kind of like the thing. And, uh, and, the and, dumb Ghidorah head. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Kevin. Or, yeah, 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 Kevin. Um, it, I mean, come on. We got a movie this year. Where we finally got to see King Ghidorah in an American oh, film. Oh, and when we followed it in in CG yeah. and like looking better than he ever has. Yeah. Like honestly speaking, I think that was really kind of neat and and again something that had more impact on me now that I kind of knew these movies and that I had already been such a fan of many of Ghidorah's appearances. Not all of them, but mm. many of them. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of of his uh, portrayal. And this was no exception. Yeah, I, I mean the fact. And, yeah, and I think that's on top of that. It's just like that combination with the Toho booth at Comic Con and seeing just sort of all that stuff there and seeing the props and like the wall with all the kaiju on it and really kind of the presentation and just around Comic Con, just so much kaiju art and kaiju themed you know booths. Like there, I saw so many like. Just so many unique kaiju things and Godzilla things there, mm-hmm. just like all around the floor. That was like really cool to see. Yeah, and and definitely, and it, and it's been interesting because even with King of the Monsters coming out in the fan community, it's been more of a nuanced, uh, com like conversation yeah. where it's been like, uh, you know, there, there there's some people, some people still have their feelings about it. I think you'll generally maybe hear a little bit more positive, but I think it's because in the kaiju community, they're more open to the movie like you know you yeah. can't love the godzilla franchise and not be open you, you can't just be like ah that's that's garbage <laughs> you know what i mean like you you we're, we're all open to a little bit of nonsense um and you know the fact that like you know i had people who had varying opinions on the movie but everybody came out but it's like i love mothra though like you know i know people who do not love this movie at all but they're but every time i brought up mothra they're like oh yeah she was like the in the last movie right like she was awesome i like i, I like yeah. the giant butterfly so it's like that's kind of cool no, it, like, it really yeah. is cool and, and i've had you people have, like, have an opportunity to, yeah, to do that and i've had people ask me like more about like uh like just like different things and like so that's I, always the most fun like i, I mean i i i just kind of share this with you because like from my perspective i mean i i don't have that from a godzilla's point but Honestly, I keep bringing it up, but with Disney Plus, mm. people are coming to me and being like, "Well, what movies should I check out?" You right. know? And I think that's so cool. And you know, I've been able to more easily tell people, "Yeah, go watch that darn cat. Go watch mm-hmm. Darby O'Gill. Go watch um, Adventures of Bulbuck. Go watch all these weird movies. Go watch Ned again, like because they're they're it's there for you." And I think the thing about the Godzilla thing is that it was really cool that these other kaiju did get a chance to have a spotlight because you don't really see that. I mean. We've talked about like 2014, which we talked about this year, you know, had the Mutos and really focusing on Godzilla. And generally, American things have focused in on Godzilla. Or as we also saw this year, if they focus on Godzilla, it's not actually Godzilla at all. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we, you may, you know, there may have been a little bit of sprinkling of, yeah, Godzilla fights other monsters, but really this was the first American showcase mm-hmm. of that concept. And whether or not the movie succeeded, it is, I think, the one thing that does stand out about the movie is people at least enjoyed seeing those other monsters. I And I was just glad that overall, 
that it wasn't a case because we have seen movies where it's like this is the movie that comes out to like you know reinvigorate or get people interested in this franchise and then it comes to a halt and I haven't felt that halt with with, no. with this with this film and, 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 and I, I think that is also because that. It's that we we still have this you know mysterious what's next for Toho thing mm-hmm. but even with that even though we don't know what the next movie is it does seem like Toho has really gotten into we're going to push this because that's like the the unique thing about. In a sense, both of our franchises, but really in Godzilla now that you have, it's a foreign property, mm-hmm. and that even if the American series, even if the legendary series, you know, ceases to be after Kong, we'll see what happens, or maybe takes a break, as we mentioned, there's always that, you know, Toho could make the next one, and right. that's like kind of the unique thing. Same, same thing as kind of like with Bond, where it's like, no matter what happens with Bond, Eons is going to keep making Bond movies. There's nothing going to stop them. Yeah. So it's just like kind of these are two franchises that will just keep on persisting. And that's what's exciting about it, and especially exciting that Toho has seemingly kind of doubled down and like, yes, we're pushing Godzilla. Yeah. Especially because uh, we saw also within the history this year, we saw kind of those extended breaks. Yeah. You know, and we saw... And America's first attempt. And America's uh, first yeah. attempts, but we saw, like, you know, that break. We saw the break after Final Wars, that there are times when it doesn't seem like there's going to be anything new from Japan and from Toho. And so to be in an era where, you know, an announcement about a Toho Godzilla could just be around the corner, mm-hmm. I think is exciting. Um, do you have anything to say just in general about the about our episodes and the movies It was an interesting watched? year on Godzilla's side because... We really spent most of the year talking about, you know, the millennium era. Mm-hmm. And that was basically a majority of our year this year because obviously we we end we started the year with the last two of the Hasey films and, you know, Destroy uh, Space Godzilla is, is is what it is. Destroy is an amazing, you know, Godzilla movie. Uh honestly, you know, I was like I said I've become a Big fan of So Bad It's Good Movies. I just bought a Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy shirt to, <laughs> to signify my love for Batman and Robin. Um, so seeing Godzilla 98 finally for the first time was basically uh, was generally a treat as well. And mm-hmm. going into the world of Roland Emmerich and uh, and uh, you know all all that was very fun. And it's got it's uh, Gojira you moron. Yeah, is, I mean, is, is, is still a great quote. Yeah, it's and definite- then, and, but then getting into the Millennium Era just real quick. To yeah, finish yeah. Up this thought. We we talked about this on our a lot of these thoughts in the Millennium Era. We we talked about in our our Millennium Era deep dive, and I think it's best that if you want our deeper thoughts on that, to go listen to that episode. But the general thought about it is that it was very interesting just to kind of be in this era of like kind of start and re- start and restart, and this kind of like really only having those two Mecha Godzilla films to really latch myself onto, um, especially because I had become. You know, I'm a big fan of the Showa era for all of its not great movies, and there are many in there. Uh, I do love kind of the ridiculousness of that era in that sort of so bad it's good, but some of them is just good, so good it's good movies in there. And then the Hasey era, again, like kind of gets a little bit of a rough start, but really kind of hammers up with, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, Ghidorah, Mothra, and I really enjoyed kind of that evolution, that continuity. That it was kind of very much like the Millennium era kind of became in a way kind of like the Craig era where I was just kind of like, I wanted more out of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of the general idea that I had, but I do think that those two Mecha Godzilla films, uh, you know, and you know, uh, within the millennium era 
are still very much standouts, especially that first one. But so Tokyo SOS is no slouch either. And I think it really kind of still puts the Millennium Era on something worth seeing because you have those two Mechagodzilla movies. Yeah, for me, it was just like it's interesting to finally see like the closest thing to the modern Godzilla. Like we had talked about this on a previous episode. It's like you're moving into the era of Godzilla where. Uh, now Godzilla is an established property and there's a little bit more of a reverence, like the people coming on, um, especially in the Toho movies, have more of a reverential uh, nature or agenda when it comes to Godzilla, whether they want to celebrate it or deconstruct it. Um, so it, it is definitely a different era. And then what, especially watching all the films and then in retrospect, thinking upon them in that way has been the most interesting thing to me, at least. And then we got to watch Destroyer, which is obviously an excellent movie. And then diving deep into, uh, Roland Emmerich's, uh, Godzilla. And frankly, rewatching that real treat, real treat no, for it's me. Definitely, yeah. Like definitely, like I said, like there's such an enjoyment about seeing a movie like that. Yeah, and again, just kind a- of appreciating espe- the redheaded stepchild and the, yeah, of the with, franchise with years. Cause I can imagine in 98, you know, that wouldn't have been like fun. Or if we didn't have another American Godzilla, you know, maybe that takes a different tone. But the fact that we've had, you know, a successful 2014 movie and, and just generally two American films that we've liked and generally is or, or regarded said such by people who like Godzilla, it's kind of fun to go back to that. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's kind of a similar way that we, you know, with the Batman films that we had, you know, our Dark Knight and we had all that sort of stuff. We had Batman Begins, so we can look back on Batman and Robin and kind of look back on like the Burton era films yeah. and kind of appreciate those a little bit more. Absolutely. But we should always appreciate Batman 66. <laughs> always. 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 Um, well, cool, cool. Well, and I mean, like, to be fair, too, it's also just like we talked about Skyfall, which was an important movie for me and Bond. I mean, I guess you also mentioned that we did talk about 2014, which is an important movie for Godzilla because like, I had seen like a little bit of stuff that you'd shown me, and I had seen like the uh, the American King of the Monsters, at least like pieces of it, um, back in the day. But that was really my really my introduction to Godzilla and really my introduction to your fandom of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And to kind of really kind of revisit that as a movie I really like, I think is also really neat. Um, but it's, it's interesting because when you look ahead to 2020, it's just kind of like, you know, we're finishing up here. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's going to be interesting because we, you know, we're, we're going to have a new Bond movie next year, obviously. Um, assuming everything goes well. <laughs> uh and we get to look at some more Bond ancillary stuff. We get to look at some Godzilla ancillary stuff, which I know you have planned, and I'm very eager to to see more of that. And uh, we get to figure out what the future of this whole thing is. And um, before we get to like anything else, uh, genuinely, again, this is the most fun I have every week. So whatever this podcast holds in the future, whatever direction we take it, we've had brief discussions on it, and I'm sure once we hit January – once we hit 2020, we'll kind of more delve deep into what we want to do in the future. But this has been the most fun I have every week. Um, and I just want to find a way to keep on going because it's great. Cool. Um, all right. Let's wrap up by talking about the holidays a little yeah. bit. Um, I, I don't know why I thought about this earlier, like really earlier in the podcast. I was thinking because we we're, you know, we're always coming up with our own movie ideas. What does a Godzilla or James Bond Christmas movie look like? Oh, Godzilla Christmas movie. Showa era involves Santa Claus, 100%. <laughs> There's no, like, make a Showa-style movie where they have to, like, go the North Pole. Like, make it a combination of, like, Godzilla and Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yeah. 
Like, make it, like, kind of like that. Like, All right. I okay. Wanna, All right. You know what? I want a Godzilla Christmas movie that could have been on Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> like, that's what that movie needs. There's no other way you make that movie. Yes. A Bond, Bond Christmas well, can movie. I, can I say the one thing about the, the Christmas one? The, the, and the other thing I would love to see in that one is uh, an, an ice-based monster yeah why not right why not do that that would be that would be good you know i what? think you know what screw it just make a krampus <laughs> make krampus an actual kaiju kaiju, kaiju krampus yeah. and that's what he has to fight mm-hmm. um well if you want to make a bond christmas movie just tell shane black to write a bond movie that's all you need to do that's true that's true i mean i would like a more overt christmas. like christmas aesthetic i always ba- like bond definitely bond has to like have a scene where he's thinking about what he has to get Money Penny and M for Christmas, and then also like Q, and like he gets like the best gift for Q well, though. Well, but in all fairness, if you were to do a Bond movie, and you know, especially in this era where they want to make it all personal, like a Bond during Christmas movie where it's like you know about like oh like these guys are his real family. I know it sounds kind of corny, but I kind of would. No, enjoy and I think it. the movies have explained and have explored that enough. And. You because it's just one of those things from Batman Returns, like that. That one of the well, first of all, I like I, I love Batman Returns. I gotta rewatch it. But it's but the biggest thing I always think that was something that more movies should adopt. It was just that kind of Christmas tone, like it took mm-hmm. place on Christmas yeah. and it like had like a Christmassy vibe to it. And I, I would love to see more like blockbusters like take at least that holiday like season is that the problem is it's like that's something easier to do like on serialized television than like because you kind of run the risk of like you know do you want to kind of like go into a bond movie and then like stick to the christmas yeah. thing the entire time well, like, so it's always they, a even, little hard. even when shane black does it it's really mostly like a background thing for, yeah. his, for his work because he he is known for being like the christmas time like he always sets his movies in like winter or christmas well think about just iron man 3 yeah. like yeah, that it's funny because that technically yes does take place during Christmas, but yeah, but it, it's just kind of like oh Christmas. It, there's nothing Christmassy about it. Yeah, but it's like didn't like his Predator movie came did like a Christmas type of thing. I think so. And yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight and um, Nice Guys kind of has that element too. Mm, yeah, so it's just like his his thing. He likes writing movies around Christmas. Yeah. But I, I want it to be like I want it to be Christmas is coursing through its veins, like, like Die Hard. Die, die yeah. Hard. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> you know, this will be the one time I I will give you, I will offer you that uh that branch. It's about family. <laughs> it's about the spirit so of the season. So is Fast and the Furious. <laughs> but that doesn't take a place around. If Fast and the Furious took place around Christmas, then I would consider it a Christmas movie. Oh, can you imagine they're like driving sleighs? <laughs> Fast and Furious, that'd be awesome. Superpower, uh, like jet-powered reindeer. <laughs> Just NOS yeah. coming up from behind them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that I think that would be great. Well, um, we'll go into your little your little, little, my little my old bit your little bit in a in a minute. Um, I I was going to suggest uh ideas for if anybody wanted to give anything Godzilla related as gifts for the holiday season. And it made me actually think of a, a really interesting thing because obviously there's any of the movies. Um, the Criterion's a little pricey, so I wouldn't suggest that except like there are places you can actually find it slightly cheaper. Yeah. Um, but it did make me think about like how I do hope that Criterion releases those movies individually 
Because then I was thinking, like, well, like, if you want to get somebody like Megalon, you really can't, I don't think. No. Like, the, like if you want to get any of those movies Yeah, because at least Blu-ray. the Bond films have had, like... Yeah. They have individual releases, but they also have, like, the more collection. If you just want to get someone yes. the more or the four bras in their movies. The Bond... Bond is actually really good in that because I... At, periodically, they release, like, different covers and steelbooks mm-hmm. for individual movies. Yeah. And then they'll do era-specific. Sure, yeah, and, and I'm sure they'll do another one once No Time to Die hits Blu-ray. Yeah. Because they'll probably do, like, another big set uh, to kind of commemorate that. Um... But yeah, yeah that I, I hope they I hope that Criterion does that. I hope that they make them individually available. Um, but gift wise, I was gonna say like uh, if if anybody's interested in figures, uh, NECA has just been killing it uh, by releasing varying different variants of Godzilla figures that are that are pretty awesome and are pretty good quality uh, and come out very good. They have some King of the Monsters ones. They've been re-releasing Godzillas of different eras this year. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Um, but actually, if you want something that's within a reasonable budget, Mondo uh, recently had like a Godzilla apparel collection that is just killer. They, they have some really sick shirts, uh, some enamel pens that are really cool, but the shirts are really like dope. Um, so if, if anybody is interested in those, those would be like my suggestions. Uh, unfortunately we do not have any Bondzilla, uh, merchandise, uh, of our own, but you know what? As a gift, refer to somebody, the Bondzilla podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a little bit of, they have a giant back catalog to listen in the new year and, oh, yeah? uh, so they can, uh, do that. So treat, you know what? That's what I'll go with. Treat a friend or a family member or a loved one to the nice sounds of our voices. Yes. I can't think of anything better than that. Okay. I was going to say more better, but that's not grammatically correct. Um, but I'm very interested in hearing this little bit that you've come up with. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> I got to want to get into it. Okay, so you were thinking, so your idea is like these, you're taking Bond characters. Bond characters and Bond-related things uh-huh. to give gifts to. Okay. Personal gifts. Uh huh. So, so, like, give me one. Give me one example right. so I can so get like my gold, headspace. Goldfinger. Yeah. I'm going to give him a, a membership to Gold's Gym. <laughs> Not that he needs. You know, because he's a little heavy set. He doesn't, you know, he's beautiful the way he is. He yeah. doesn't need to lose weight, but, you know, he likes the gold. It'll kind of convince him. Maybe he'll get a little more active. This is great. I'm so glad you came up with this. All <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I got. Um, Do you think he would be like. like well, because I was debating Gold's, Gold's Gym membership. Or Goldfinger on Blu-ray for him. Right. But I feel like he would get offended by the Goldfinger moniker. I don't think... How is he not going to get offended by a gym membership? Well, but I but I think that, like, you know, it, I think, like, it'll it'll inspire him more than anything else. Right, right. And I, I, like I said, like, he doesn't need to, like, go, like, you know, muscular, but just, you know, get a little active. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, all okay. right. Who else? All right. Mary Goodnight. I'm going to get her a t-shirt. Because at the end of uh, Man with the Golden Gun, she's just sitting there in a bikini, and mm. she seems like a little uncomfortable. So I'm just going to get her a t-shirt, a nice little t-shirt, maybe a Disney t-shirt, you uh-huh. know, just kind of put puts something on. Again, doesn't need to hire, but just like it's a little awkward in that last moment of the film. And I feel like, you know, she might need something. Okay? Yeah. Dig it. Okay. All right. Uh, Timothy Dalton, I'm going to give a gift. You know what I'm going to give him? I'm going to give him the gift of some goddamn respect. All right? Because <laughs> you know what? All right, on Disney Plus, I'm going back to this, and this is actually you know one of my few issues with Disney Plus so far. I mean, he's missing some movies, but I, there's a lot of content. But on the page for the Rocketeer, he's not listed in the five actors that they list. He's like one of the leads. I know. Is it? He's like the villain. He's the main villain of this movie. The man is a fantastic Bond. 
he's really fun in Rocketeer. He's yes, a great villain. He's great. He's in Flash Gordon. Yes. He's in Doom Patrol. He this man should be way more respected. Way more. I agree. Way more respected. Uh Diamond Face. <laughs> I'm gonna give him some tweezers. Get those diamonds out of your face, man. You don't need gene therapy. You know, just take a little morphine, I guess. What, like a painkillers? Get those things out of there. And you know what? Gustav Graves, I'm giving you a gift too. I'm giving you the gift of, uh, you know, HR, HR treatment. You know, yeah. you change your race, and I know you change it to being white. It doesn't doesn't allow you to to you know. You still need to respect your own culture, <laughs> and you know, you need to you need to just calm down on that, okay? <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to give a gift to Daniel Craig, who's fantastic, nice out. He got a gift in a Golden Globe nomination for yeah. his performance in yeah. Knives Out. I'm going to give you the gift of hope. I'm going to give you... The... <laughs> I'm going to give you my hope that I enjoy No Time to Die. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give you one more chance on this. And I'm going to give you a chance to, to really impress me. I'm going to go into this movie with a little bit of optimism, a little bit of hope. So, I, Oh, my God. That was so funny. I love it. I love it. Wait, no, no, no. We can't. We, we got to do this for some Godzilla of course, yeah. characters. I mean, so, so right off the bat, I'm thinking, let's see, Gigan. G- get him some, like, gloves. Okay. Some, some mittens or something. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's probably hard. You know, he's got, like, those little scythe. Hands or, or whatever, you know, yeah. Like a good movie to be into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, he's a Megalon. Well, yeah, but that's you know he's you know a good showcase, I could say, because yeah. he's like he's tag teaming with Megalon in that one. I yeah. think that's what helps. Do you have him any out. some of that spare respect too? That, yeah, I can give, you, I can did, give some respect. Did, did you, you got a guy who give him. Yeah, I, I, I want to give some of that to Jet Jaguar. Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, we got it. We got to give some to Jet Jaguar. Like we like the guy, the the dude. Has so much potential. More respect. Yeah. Um, Manila, I, I, I'd probably, uh, give like a like a gift card to a nice like a nice day at like the spa. Okay. Something like that because you know between you and me, you know I'm kind of doing it because you know Manila could clean up a little bit. Like you know they oh, could, yeah. could yeah. use kind of like a little and facial, he, he, he's, little something. He's a little uptight. You know he's still like he. When he, he gets, gets to relax, he gets a little nervous. Yeah. You know, especially when he's like you know shooting his little bubble rays yeah um, and, it, and it's just like so it's one of those things but you know i can't say like hey you know you got to get your look together uh but you know you frame it in this yeah. in the sense of like oh like a nice relaxing uh, day. you know so i i i had given what i was trying to say earlier is i'd given gustav graves the gift of sensitivity training uh-huh, right right i think ichiro needs, oh, no, needs no, no, little... no 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 i give ichiro a big old lump of coal <laughs> fair <laughs> That that kid was given all the ch- all, all yeah. the chances, and he took all the wrong, made all the wrong, all the wrong choices. Uh, let's see who else. Who else do we have? Um, let's see who's a who's another character. Um, There's a lot of. Uh, you know what? Ro, like uh, maybe maybe Rodan, maybe a you know a membership to like. Uh, like some sort of like dating website, mm. you know. I know it's been a long time. Lost his wife in the volcano. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that's technically a different Rodan, but let's go for it with the bit. 
It's just time for him to get out there, you know? Yeah. It's time for him to, like, really start seeing the other pterodactyls that, mm-hmm. the, that the world that the world needs. Um, GMK, Godzilla, some uh, contact lenses. <laughs> get some pupils in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> god uh let's see um uh who like who else uh we get the we get the big the big g anything big g man we get him anything specific let's see um hmm probably give like i'd probably give uh i don't know i don't know what a lot of fish yeah it's a lot of fish it's a lot of fish All right, you know what? I got I got a Godzilla gift. That one guy in uh, Hedora that's like trying to have the end of the world party. Yes, yeah, you know, like yeah, that, that yeah, guy. He, his head wasn't really in the right space. You know, he probably could have helped out a little bit more, but he kind of deserved a party. <laughs> so let's get him a good party, <laughs> not like the thousands people party he was gonna, but like you, you get him a sizable, like we'll invite him to the apartment. You know, we'll get him some pizza and mm-hmm. you'll have him rock out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, get him a little a little party. <laughs> Uh, that was good. That was funny. <laughs> Got any other? Oh, ideas? you know, yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely a lot of options. I know I put you on the spot. No, no. Probably I mean, more we could have thought of. I think I can definitely because it must be hard when you have side. But for you hands. know who we really need to get a gift for? Who? What gift do we get, Harrison Ford? Oh man. Oh, dude. What? What? What gift do you give Harrison Ford? What do you get a man like Harrison Ford? A non CGI dog. I think he likes that CGI dog. <laughs> he does. I think he does. I think he does. I, I think, think he's he spent a good time. like a lot of movies, like uh, like like acting uh, like opposite a Regular. basically like an, another not real dog. <laughs> Just a man dog. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he's he's well, like he, that was probably how they pitched it to him. He's just like, well, I've, I've had a human in a dog suit. Might as well just uh, act opposite a computer dog. <laughs> as long well, as it's I a mean, dog. Like, do, do we need another movie franchise for him to kind of come back to? Ooh, that's a good question. Do we we, we gift him with a movie franchise. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Could you imagine a, imagine a legacy sequel, Jack Ryan? <laughs> yes, I was about to with say him the same coming thing. Coming back, an old like old Jack Ryan. Oh movie. my god, dude! Like he has I to he it. has to come back to the CIA yeah. for like one last like analyst mission. Like you were the best, and like you know, and you know, because again in canon he's like a president mm-hmm. within the within the Tom Clancy canon. So maybe he's like the retired president. He's like he got his like library. He's like relaxing, and then like you know like. Admiral Greer's like son mm-hmm. is like in the CIA or yes, whatever, yes. FBI, and he's like, you know, my dad really respected you. He always, you know, when before he died, he always let me know that you were like the best, and we need you on this thing. So here's 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 one thing I'll say about Harrison Ford. So two things: what do you mo, or just give me your general thoughts on this, however you want to answer this. But what do you see him most well suited for: a Godzilla film or a Bond film, and then? Outside of that, what franchise would you like to see him in? I think what franchise would you gift him outside of those two? So I think that he would most fit 
like in this modern age, I think he would most fit like a Godzilla movie because I feel like he would just give Interesting. it that. I feel like he would give it that gravitas. I think you could make him like an American, like you know, like like a president type or a military leader or some sort of like person of power that's like kind of going on about like needing to stop Godzilla. And I think it would give it some gravitas. I almost think the opposite. I almost think that like here's the thing. I, I do kind of want to see him in that dog movie because I just want to see how much energy and enthusiasm he has in it. Right. Uh, because I always go back to, like, I think his energy and performance most recently in The Force Awakens is very underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but I can't guarantee that he's going to have that enthusiasm for, like, a lot of other blockbusters. So that's why I'm thinking that maybe in Bond, where it's something a little bit more of the days of, yeah. you broke the law. Like, something like in, like, you know, boardrooms and buildings, like, that may be something a little bit more, like, more his his speed. Um, I uh, I would love to see him in, in like, a, in a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be fun to see him in a Marvel movie. I think that, yeah. that'd be fun. Are we Honestly... Going, are we going realistic here? I, I like, think we... the most realistic option, and I think he would be great for, is I honestly think he could fit in a uh, in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. I really do. Like, because we're going realistic, right? Yeah. Because I do have options of things I would want to see him what in. What would you want to see of it? Oh, like, put him in the weirdest shit possible. Give, give me Harrison Ford in a Starfleet uniform. Give me Harrison... <laughs> Give me Harrison Ford spouting some weird Matrix bullshit. Oh my god! Give me Harrison Ford in the next Cars movie for God's sake. You know what? I the only reason I want to see him in well, he was in Secret Life of Pets too. Yeah, he was. So, I will give him yeah, that. Uh, so there, so there's things like that that give me hope that he can be like this. But the reason I want to see him in like a Star Trek or a Godzilla or a Marvel or you know hell even a even a DC, and not like a Joker DC. No. I'm talking about like a Wonder Woman 84 sh- or Shazam yeah. DC. And the reason I want to see, like, make him, honestly, make him Sinestro. <laughs> no, but the reason I, it's like, or he's like Tomar Ray or something like that, where it's like, because the reason I want to see him in a movie like this is for the same reason. You want to know one of the best parts of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is when Sylvester Stallone has to spout off space nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I said I was why I went to like the Matrix Four, which was like there would be some weird like you know Wachowski siblings like nonsense, but even like Starfleet, if he was like a Starfleet officer, yes, like and they have to like the you know the it's like you're like Kirk, you have to go to the Nebula system now. <laughs> I want to see it. I want it. I want I, it so bad. This guy <laughs> called the whales. They need the whales, <laughs> Kirk. He broke Starfleet code. <laughs> uh yeah i would love it i would love that I think, we're not, Cochran. I think we're not that far away i mean if he's coming into secret life of pets yeah. he could probably have fun in like some sort of blockbuster yeah i think uh i do think realistically he may he i could see him in like a mission impossible yeah i think he like would that. he would do fine especially kind of in an alec, alec baldwin type yeah, of role something not so. too big but he gets a little bit of fun yeah yeah all right well i think that'll do it for uh this episode I agree. uh Here's to another year of uh, of the Bonzilla podcast. I hope everybody's been enjoying it. Um, and um, with that being said, happy holidays, everybody! Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll get, we'll do Shin Godzilla, and then we'll be back in 2020 for more podcasting fun. All right, see see everybody soon. Happy New Year.
Christmas only comes once a year.